Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Teaching Tactics Podcast. I'm Chris Kent, and I'm joining Chris Bean. Mr. Bean? Hello, sir. Today we're going to be talking about developing your staff. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be diving into some tools and tactics for improving your teaching team. Keep in mind that your team members are who you rely on to aid your teaching, as well as deliver your information. You must have some sort of program or training system to develop your team members. A great martial artist does not, does not always equal a great martial arts instructor, but a great martial arts instructor does equal a great martial artist. So Mr. Bean, what is uh, one way that we can start or help to develop our team and uh, continue to make them good or great martial artists? Yeah, we can do that by setting up a weekly staff meeting. Uh, if you have a staff meeting with your group, with your team, with your with your crew, with your leaders, how, whatever term you want to use, but if you have a weekly sit-down with them, um, that will be the best way to ensure that you and your team are on the same page. You should have part of the meeting set aside just for your office staff. So however many or whoever is in that, have an opportunity to sit down with them, make sure you get to answer any questions they might have if you need to cover anything or tweak anything that happens during the week, or just talk about what's going to happen next week and how to move forward. If they have any questions, have a planned time on at least a weekly basis to sit down and make sure you can cover your bases with them. Again, just so that you are on the same page as they are and they are on the same page as you. And then for your teaching staff, uh, you need to have that as well. And, and for the teaching staff is perhaps a little bit more difficult because I, I think that lots of times for the office staff, you can have maybe a five-minute check-in at the end of the day or a two-minute uh, brief before the night starts, and that can kind of facilitate your staff meeting per se for them, just to make sure everything's covered. You can dot all the I's, cross the T's, check everything, make sure everything's on, on the right track on a daily basis or a, every other couple days. If you wanted to sit down and do a 15 or 20 minute meeting with them each week, you can do that. It's sometimes I think and Meshkent, you have to, you can, you can jump in on this, but I would say it's a little bit more challenging to do that on a daily basis with the teaching staff. What do you think? I would agree, especially depending on how your classes are set up. Because, like for for us, we have, you know, some classes that start earlier in the afternoon that are a lower capacity. So, you don't need all the entire teaching staff to be there to teach that class, and so. Some people are there to teach those first few classes and then everyone kind of trickles in through the rest of the night. So there's not really a great time to sit down before everything and then vice versa. You know, we have less people teaching at the end of the night than, than the peak or the prime time in the evening. So some of those staff members leave and then we don't have the chance to talk to them at the end of the night either. So doing it on a daily basis, we're not saying it's impossible, but it, it entirely depends on how your structure or how your classes are structured and how everything is set up. So uh, I think if you are able to do that, having a 10 or 15 minute daily meeting would be largely beneficial. But it just, again, depends on how your things are set up. And like you said, in, in our case, it doesn't quite work out that way. Yes, right. Yeah. And, you, you know, whether you do this on a daily basis or you do it on a weekly basis, it's important to have a plan, have a goal in mind when you sit down, have a, have a, a even almost a lesson plan ready so that when you sit down, things are 
on track and ready to go and you're not just uh, leaving open-ended questions abound so that the conversation or the meeting can get taken off the rails or, or off track real quick, real easy. So have a goal in mind when you sit down with your team. Right. And this is probably apparent already, but I'll just say it anyways. This is a continued, a continued and ongoing type of development in the sense that we don't recommend this for someone who is just starting as an office member, staff member, or someone who is just starting as an instructor in the sense that this is not the way to start a brand new team member. This is not the way you train them. This is not the way that you get them on board and teach them everything. This is after you've, you've introduced them and, and, and had your quote unquote training period when they're a regular member, this is the ongoing continual meeting and development that happens. And I just want to make it clear that we're not saying from day one, this is how you train someone is once a week in a meeting or every day in a, in a 15 minute meeting or whatever, you know, this is the continued after the fact, after you've been uh, trained and prepared for the job, you know, like when I start a job, I do a two week training period or whatever. And then I'm quote unquote, not, not training anymore. I'm actually being staffed. Um, this would happen after the training period, if that makes sense. And again, maybe that wasn't necessary to say, but I was just thinking that as, as we're talking about it. Yeah. You know, so the, if you think about your staff meeting as a maintenance, you have your team go through a qualifying time. So you qualify them on the job that they're going to do, whether that's in the office or they can qualify over your program and software that you use over the office procedures. And then you can qualify a potential um, floor member, uh, a teaching staff member, so they know how to teach the um, the hand techniques or foot techniques or whatever whatever areas you want to qualify them on. And then the staff meeting is there to have maintenance, just to touch up and make sure everybody is on the same page as you go through your daily procedures. For our team here, our staff meeting starts with a 15-minute Bible study. There are a huge number of 15-minute Bible studies you can find online. Find one, pick one that you're comfortable with, and add that to the beginning of your meetings. When we focus on that as the beginning, that kind of, um, we, we kind of use that as a opportunity to just get started on the right foot. And then once, once our 15 minutes of our Bible study is done, then we move into the next area. Next area of focus, again, we spend about 15 minutes on some key instruction tips or tools. And lots of time, this is, this is something I'll see on the floor that, oh, hey, you know, maybe we can, we can touch up on this. Or I see an opportunity to improve something that happened on the floor. Hey, we handled it this way. How can we perhaps handle it a little bit better? I think about that, devise a, 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 um, a scenario, an opportunity for the staff to go through those, and then we implement that. We go through that scenario, and we talk about different ways to improve it. Um, another another example of, of something you could do in, for your um, key instruction tips and tools is your warm-ups. You know, how do you want the warm-ups to be done in your in your school? Who's doing the warm-ups? Are you doing the warm-ups? Is, is a staff member doing the warm-ups? And is that something you can hand off to a staff member that would give you the opportunity to move the floor more and make those connections with your students? Um, leading basic hand and foot techniques up and down the floor, you know, then that, again, is an opportunity that you can hand off to a staff member that gives them a little bit of 
of what's the word I'm looking for here? Leadership opportunities. It gives them an opportunity to have some ownership of the class because they are leading the class through those hand techniques and foot techniques. What you would like your staff to be doing before a class starts and then what you want them to be doing after a class ends. Having a proper protocol or procedure for before class for your staff and then after class for your staff is another key point that can help to facilitate the start of the next class or to make those connections either before the class or after the class, because I'm sure you it's more than hopefully more than just you on the floor. So while you are getting the next class ready or while somebody else is getting the next class ready, you then have the opportunity to make those connections with your students as they're leaving or as they're coming into the class. Another area that you could focus in on are the um, characteristics of a good team member. And this is a, a great team building skill for your team. Right? Sit down in a staff meeting and say, hey, what are, some, what are some key characteristics that you think make up a good team member? And then give them an opportunity to give you some answers. You write those down and then you talk about, okay, here's, here's the list that we have. What are the top characteristics out of this list? Okay, give them an opportunity to pick those top characteristics. And then you talk about how you can implement and be more of those how you can accentuate those characteristics while you are interacting with each other, either on the floor, during a class, or after the class, or interacting with the team of, of students, whatever it is, but to live up to those good team member characteristics. Self-improvement. Self-improvement is, is a great tool to, you, to bring into your staff meetings. I know we've done this before, where I ask the staff to think of a goal. In fact, I had them think of two goals. One is a work goal, and then another is a personal goal. And for these goals, I gave them a three-month time frame. And so this is a goal I want you to be able to achieve inside of three months. And I chose three months because our students test every three months. So I made it a, a testing cycle. makes it a little bit easier to manage, at least from my thinking on my end. And then what I did was, okay, here's your here's your opportunity, write down your goals. Again, it's a three month time frame. I want a work related goal and then a personal goal that you can achieve inside of three months. I gave them an opportunity to write those up. And then I sat down with them individually and had them tell me their goal. I took track of what their goals were. And then on a bi-weekly basis in the beginning, and then towards the end, we did a weekly basis. I checked in to say, okay, how are you doing to your work goal? And how are you doing towards your personal goal? And then I, I, I kind of thought about and, and tried to give them some tips and tools to help reach their personal goal and then also to help reach their work goal. Now, by doing that, having a work goal and a personal goal, that does two things. Okay, Having a work goal, that's going to get them to think about work. That's going to get them to improve something that they're doing for you on their job, which is going to make your job easier. And the nice thing is they're going to tell you what that goal is. And then as they tell you what that goal is, you, as you interact with them, as you see them, as they're on the floor, you either give them opportunities to achieve that goal, or you can make sure that they are on track and moving towards that goal. That's going to improve their work on the floor or, or interpersonal communications, whatever it is, but it's going to improve them as a worker for you. And then as a personal goal, I felt that it was important to add that because then I don't want to be all just about work. 
Now, it would be difficult to, to do this type of setup for all of the students. I don't quite have enough hours in the day, week, or, or year, uh, frankly, to, to be able to manage that. But in your team, in your family of instructors, you want to see them improve not just at work but outside of work as well. And so by giving them an opportunity to tell you a personal goal, it gets you to be a little bit more personable with those team members. And then, of course, it helps them to be uh, to achieve their goal, become a better person, and then you get to be there along the way to help them achieve that goal or those goals as you do this throughout the years and months and times that you spend with your team. I think this one is really great, too, because we sit here and talk over and over again about how martial arts makes you better as a person, not just as an, an athlete or as a martial artist. And so this is just another area that we can focus on doing better in everything, not just um, at martial arts or in martial arts and not just at our job, but, you know, let that transcend what we're doing here and impact their, their everyday life too. And it's just another one of those benefits and another one of those um, great takeaways that martial arts can, can give us. And it's a just, like I said, another way to help to uh, uh, accentuate that and make it more prevalent because we're not just here to do our job and, and teach martial arts, but we're here to uh, become better in all areas of our life, not only for ourselves, but then we also want that for our students too. So when we can focus on that as a staff and have the same kind of mentality focusing on becoming better, that's going to bleed over into the way we teach and the way that we treat um, our fellow coworkers, but then also our students too. Yeah, you know, one, one more thing about the goal setting is perhaps before you do this, if you decide to do this with your, with your crew, before you do this, and maybe you need to start with this research, but talk about how to set goals. And if you, if you need some search terms, search out SMART goal setting, S-M-A-R-T. It's an acronym that'll get you really, really close, if not right there where you need to be at. And then, of course, talk about that with your team. That way they're making SMART goals as well. SMART, again, is an acronym. Um, just Google that. That'll get you where you need to be at, and that'll get you set up to make sure you do this, uh, this drill appropriately with your team. If you already listened to our episode in which we interviewed Professor Brummett, that was uh, kind of your homework was to go and find out what SMART goals are. So hopefully if you're keeping up and staying on track, you already know what a SMART goal is. So another area that you can be discussing in your staff meetings is how to teach more efficiently or effectively, right? Those are kind of, they go tandem hand in hand. We did a whole podcast about that. You can go back and check on that and uh, play that for them if, if you so wish, and, and that's beneficial for you and your team. Um, another way or another idea or, or topic of discussion in those staff meetings is nonverbal communication. The things you say verbally are one thing, but especially in this day and age, you say a lot, and everybody, not just you specifically, but everybody says so much without saying any words at all. And so making sure that your team is conveying the message both verbally and non-verbally, that you would like them to convey. So make sure everything is in line, not just verbally, but body language is a key part of that. And having that as a topic of discussion and, and focus for your staff meetings will be hugely beneficial uh, to your, for your entire team. Hugely beneficial. And then another area, last one we're going to, to, to you know, give you an, as, as an example today, is when to hold the line. 
and when not to hold the line. As you know, being a martial arts instructor, there are times that you are firm. There's no, no wavering on what, whatever that is. It's this way or, it's, or, or you don't have it right or you can't go to class or whatever it is. But there are some things that you can move that line on. And so make sure that, of course, you have that idea and that mindset and you know what those things are. But make sure you let your team in on that so that they also are in sync with you on when to hold the line and then when to perhaps move the line a little bit to allow for that situation in class. Of course, as you're on the teaching floor, look for things, right? You're on the teaching floor and you're, of course, you're teaching the class, but take a second, take a snapshot during a class, during a week of classes and say, okay, these are the things I saw during the night, or these are the things I saw during the week that I think we can improve on. And then of course, just like with the students, as you're making those corrections, think of what's going to have the biggest impact. What's going to have the most overarching effect if you work on those things and then add that into your staff meeting, fix those things that you saw happen on the floor or in between the classes or whatever it was. And then as you move forward, try to move down that list, starting with the biggest things, the most overarching uh, effect or, or benefit for your staff, and then move to the next one. And then all the way down the list until you run out of those. And then you might have to take your microscope out to find some more, but that means you're on the right track. And as you do this slowly, of course, you're going to be able to turn your perhaps mediocre teaching team into, like you, the world's best martial arts instructional team, which is, of course, what we all want. And, you know, it, it may not seem like much if you're just focusing on one area per week, one area, one, and the next week you do one more area. It doesn't seem like much. Right? You're only fixing one small thing, and then the next week, okay, you work on one small thing. Of course, maybe you go back and touch up and have maintenance on those other things, but over the course of a year, if you have a staff, a staff meeting every single week, that's 52 things that you can improve on over the course of a year. Think about how many things you can improve on over the course of five years. How long have you been teaching with the same team members? How many years has it been? How many things over that time, could you have improved on? Wouldn't it be nice to go back in time to have that from the beginning? Of course, yes, but that would be great. As we also agree, yes, that would be wonderful to have that back in time uh, option to, okay, let's fix all these things and then be where we are now. Woo, great. Fortunately, we don't have that. So let's start now, pick something, pick the over, the hugest, biggest, overarching thing that's going to have the biggest impact, and then let that trickle down. Do that one thing, and then all the way down the list. And again, as you get down and, and you know, you're running out of things, take out the microscope. Of course, in the beginning, you're going to be looking at the big picture, fixing those things. And then as those things start to come in the focus, or those things start to get fixed, your focus will narrow, and then your focus will narrow, and narrow, and, and all the way down. So you're, then you're really working on the nitty-gritty things and making sure that everybody is right in line, and you really are working towards having the best, or the world's best, martial arts instructional team. The next topic of discussion at our meetings is usually uh, what we call the highs and lows. So we go around our group and we ask each other what went poorly that week. And the nice thing about this is that it kind of offers us an insight into how, um, how your, your staff is leading their group. And, and it also gives you a chance to get, the, get feedback from them 
and uh, uh, allow you the ability to give them a course correction on those things that are going poorly. So we start with the lows and, and doing this will also get others involved into what the team is doing. Let them know, um, you know, have a good look at the bigger picture of everything that's happening. Because when you're in a class, you're, you can be hyper-focused on your group and what your group is doing and how well they're doing and, and, and uh, just get caught up in that. But then being able to sit down and go over everything together uh, gives you a bigger picture and all that stuff, which is going to help us be more cohesive as a team. Uh, and then it also allows them a chance, to, like we said, to sit in and hear your tips and tactics and, and the ways that you would deal with a situation that they might have already run across or might run across in the future. But then also it gives them a chance to share their own insight. So maybe they would do something differently than you did in that situation. And you guys can sit there and discuss it and, and uh, grow and learn together from, uh, you know, those low parts or those um, quote unquote failures of that week. And then once everyone has had an opportunity to say what their week's lows were, then we move on to the highs of that week. And the reason we start with the lows is because we want to end with those highs. And this will help us to end the meeting on a high note rather than, than that low, sad kind of uh, failure topic. But as your team is telling you their, their highs, use this as an opportunity to also give them praise again, to raise that, um, morale or, or, or make that meeting end on a, on a higher note. And if the students are doing good, then your team is doing good. So uh, just keep in mind the bigger picture, not only with your staff, but your, 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 your students as well. And again, being able to talk through everything together, both the good and the bad, puts us all on the same page and, and, and brings us closer uh, as a team. Of course, when you have your instructors, whether they're paid or they're assistant instructors or whatever, whatever term or, or um, whatever you call your team, when they have those good things, make sure that you are telling them, good job, awesome, yes, right on, yes, that's, that, uh, you know, I saw that in class, that was really great, that was an awesome idea, whatever those things are, make sure you tell them that, right, because they thought it was good. And if you genuinely agree with them, if you want to see them grow and you want to see them help your students and help them grow, then you need to make sure that you are praising them for their work that they're doing. Now, the hard part about that, and, and sometimes that's the easy one, right? Yes, okay, awesome, good job. And then sometimes the hard part is, the flip side of that is correcting some things. And so if you don't let them know when they're doing something incorrectly, your staff team, your, your instructional team, your office team, whatever it is, a, a staff member, someone who's working for you, if you don't let them know the things that they're doing incorrectly or the things that are not quite in sync with the way that you would like things to be done, then you need to tell them, right? Because otherwise, they're going to keep doing those things. They're going to keep doing those things thinking or assuming that they're doing it the way that you want them to do it because you didn't tell them otherwise. So make sure if you have somebody on your staff, somebody on your team that is not doing something that's in sync with the way you want it to be done or it, it's wrong or whatever it is, make sure you tell them why, how to fix it. And then after that's done, have that check in. You can use this just like praise, correct praise. Say, hey, listen, you did a great job doing this. And if you worked on this and tweak this a little, whatever this is, tweak this a little bit, then that would be awesome. And then you go back and you, after they've had an opportunity to fix that, whatever that tweak was, that, that adjustment, 
then you praise them. Hey, listen, you are doing that right on now. Good job. Whatever that, whatever the scenario is, but have that praise correct same, a uh, praise correct praise same terminology, the same uh, protocol in place. Now that second or the the last praise will happen perhaps a week later, a month later, depending on when that situation comes up again. But make sure that you take note of that and then praise them for making that correction if and when they do that. And kind of like we already talked about with the highs and lows, doing this in the staff meeting gives everyone a chance to be able to sit in and, and experience, not experience, but to, to be there when you're giving those corrections and talking about those things so that we can all improve upon whatever that thing was or we can all take from that good thing and add it to what we're doing. And then, uh, you know, again, we're all improving together and we're all getting better as a team rather than that one person just doing good and being, I don't want to say silent about it, but again, we just, we all get to see, we all get to be a part of it. So it kind of brings everyone else in there too when you do it in that staff meeting where your staff already is, and then we can all improve together. Weekly meetings are a great tool to ensure that your team stays on track, stays on the same page. And it will also allow you an opportunity to give feedback if and when you need on a weekly basis. And it gives you that opportunity to tweak and improve your staff on those things that you see that are needed on the floor. And remember, if you do that through a whole year, that's 52 things that you can improve on. And of course, you pick the, the most overarching thing. So it's 52 things, but maybe you pick this one as number one, and that really fixes like four of them. And then you, the thing number two really fixes two or three of them and so on. You start the real big things and then move down the list. And again, you, at some point, you're going to have to get the microscope out to really key in on those real little details to make sure uh, everything is in sync and in line with the way that you want it to be done. The last topic that we generally go over for our staff meetings is the weekly focus. For this, I find a relevant quote or actionable item from the improvement section, and then I remind them of this. So whatever the um, earlier section is, if we talked about goal setting, and so maybe we talked about the SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T, and we go over what that is, and then we, I, I make that that week's focus. Okay, so this week I want you to, to re be reminded and focus on making and, and striving to have SMART goals. And again, SMART is an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. Um, if it's just a quote or something that is associated with that, um, so if we're talking about body language, okay, maybe I find a quote that kind of encompasses the general idea or general topic or the um, a little bit of an overview of whatever those things were, I make that that week's focus. And again, I just relate that again at the end just to make sure everybody's on the same page. Hey, this week, I want you to focus on this, whatever that week is. And I try to do this and try to link this to what they're doing in their day job. So as they're, if they're on the teaching floor, I try to make it a actionable item or a quote or something that goes along with something they can use while on the floor. If it's for the office staff, try to make it applicable for that position as well. And maybe you have two of those. You have a, a weekly focus for the, for the office personnel, and then you have a weekly focus for your teaching personnel. And then again, that can just be something to remind them of what you covered in the staff meeting for that week. If you miss that step, if you miss the actionable item or the quote that relates the earlier teachings of your staff meeting, 
they may blur over that in their mind. They may not attribute that teaching to anything that really relates to them. And so making it relatable and applicable again to them while they're teaching will help to call their focus back to that. And, you know, for us, what we do is where the staff goes to change out. I have a, a, um, a plastic paper holder on the door on the inside and I put, I, pr- I type it up and print it out. Whatever that week's focus is, I slide it in there. And as I do this, I, I do my best to choose different colored papers. So if it's a pink one, it's, a, it's an orange one, it's a neon green one, whatever it is, to try to make it easy to see that it was switched out from last week, but also readily there and visible so they can see it as like the last thing they, they see before they step out onto the teaching floor for the night of teaching. For your staff meetings, of course, you will need to be prepared have an outline or, or a lesson plan to follow. I, I also uh, go as far as to print handouts for my team that have blanks that they can fill in. Maybe not like here's the sentence and it's missing a word and they got to fill one word in, but I have like a topic and I have some bullet points underneath and they get to write in some of the things that we're discussing, we're talking about, and that will also help to have it relate to them not just as a, here's the teaching for the week, it may relate to you, it may not, but no, take notes because this specifically is something that you can improve on on the floor. I want you to write this down. This is important. Give them an opportunity and an area to write that out. Again, just I, I do a topic and, and you know maybe it's uh, body language. And, or if, it's, if we're, we're talking about goal setting, we've, we've talked about that a few times already today. I have SMART on the top and I have S and then a blank, and then an M and a blank, and so on. They get to fill that in, so that gives them the opportunity to use their hand and mind and body to write that in as we go through the discussion for the day. With this week's focus, where I talked about I print that up, I like to hang that. Maybe you don't have something like that, but maybe you add that to the bottom of their printout. So, you know, they're filling in or, or they're taking those bullet notes And then at the bottom, you have the printed section, or you give them an opportunity to write in this week's focus. And then again, that will help to have that as a actionable point for them to use as they're teaching uh, for that week or, or, or that day or whatever the time period is before your next meeting. From time to time, in the staff meeting, it's a great idea to set up specific drills and scenarios from the teaching floor. And so if you have a situation that happens on the teaching floor and your team handled it one way and you don't necessarily think that was perhaps the best way to do it but you also haven't given them the opportunity to go through that situation before do that in the staff meeting and the nice thing about this is everybody that's there in the staff meeting we get to go through it they'll get to learn and and make sure they're all in line with the way you want whatever that situation is to be done but on top of that everybody that's there wants to see each other grow and improve and be better. And so doing it on the floor while you're trying to teach a class will often be difficult. It's a challenge to pull your staff aside. Hey, listen, guys, that wasn't so great because this, this, and this, and, you know, you messed up. Do it better next time. In a staff meeting, you can set up that specific situation, that specific scenario, and give them the tools to handle it appropriately. 
get your team to give you feedback. Hey, listen, I think they could have been like this, or I think it could have, let's try this. And then you try those things. Nope, that one didn't work. Yeah, that was even better than what you thought of or what I thought of or whatever it is. Give your team the opportunity to come up with those situations or to come up with those answers. And if you can do that in a controlled atmosphere, by the time they get to the floor, you can cover most of the random or or chaotic situations that happen on the floor in a controlled setting in a staff meeting where you get to kind of pull the strings and give them different pieces of the puzzle as you go, let them voice their opinion on how and why and where and and, and different ideas to to increase or, or, or to better that protocol. And then when they encounter those situations on the floor, they'll be better. They'll know how to handle those things. This, of course, ties into the, 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 the idea we talk about very often is that we don't want to be training or thinking of everything in black and white and thinking of everything in a vacuum. You know, it's saying it's always going to happen this way and these bad things are never going to happen. These scenarios are never going to get out of hand and everything's going to go great, uh, which just isn't true. That's just not how things work. So being able to work through these things in a controlled environment and setting up these scenarios gives us a chance to kind of experience both sides of it. So again, not assuming everything's going to go the way we want it to and learning how to deal with those issues is just the same way as when we're training. We don't always do everything the same exact way because we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have control over everything, every second of the class. So, uh, this is a great time to do it because we have some sort of control because we're setting up these, these quote unquote fake scenarios and dealing with them in that staff meeting together as a group. That way, when those moments arise in a class, when we have less control over it, we're already accustomed or familiar and have many different ways of attacking that issue instead of letting it get out of hand and, and ruin the whole night or potentially you know, harm someone, whether it be physically or just their, their training. So this is the perfect opportunity to kind of stress test us as a team and, and engage with those different type of scenarios that aren't exactly what we want or think may or should happen. You know, one scenario that I can think of, we had the staff run through the basic hand uh, techniques. And one person, of course, was was calling out the techniques, and the rest of the staff was going through and, and doing them. And um, the staff that was doing the, the techniques, we were... Um, kind of in charge of acting like some of the students, which of course is it, it can become a little silly. So it, you have to try to pull the reins back on that. But um, we had a, a, a staff member that was leading the, the hand techniques. And as they were doing it, um, I would ask why, 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 what is this? Am I doing this right? I asked tons of questions um, because I knew that from time to time, that team member wasn't super great at getting put on the spot. And so I was trying to set up a situation that forced them to be on the spot. And eventually that happened. Um, and it was tough for them. They, they kind of broke down and gave us an opportunity to give them some feedback on how to do that and what to do if that happens. And that was a, a growing experience for them, for that, for that staff member. About a week, maybe it was a month later, on the floor, that person was working, it was doing a private lesson with an adult student, and the adult student was asking a bunch of questions. And 
it was interesting. I was able to watch the whole thing play out. He was the, the adult student was asking lots and lots and lots of questions, which is great. Want them to be able to ask those questions. The staff member, I think, I liked, I would like to believe before that staff scenario where they got put on the spot and had to answer the questions or, or, or crumble um, or deal with that situation, had that happened or had that not happened and they, that student was asking all those questions, I think that that would have happened in that meeting, which would have been terrible for that staff member. Isn't it? private lesson in yeah if that happened during the private lesson that would have been terrible for that staff member uh because of course that is that relationship with that student and that staff member is completely ruined at that point so because they got put under the pressure in the staff meeting in that situation in the private lesson when they were on the floor working teaching that lesson and that student asked all those questions they were able to handle it far better than had they not been put in that situation in a staff meeting. And again, in the staff meeting, yes, I was grilling them, asking them tons of questions for the purpose of putting them on the spot because I had witnessed like almost the cusp of that happening in class and I could see that it quickly was going to go down the rails. So I set up a situation or helped to set up a situation that that happened in a staff meeting. And the staff meeting, of course, we're all there to try to better each other. In the moment, of course, that staff member did... Uh, not think I was doing that to better them. But after that staff meet, after that, sorry, after that private lesson, when I, after that time that the student was asking that staff member all those questions, I went to them and said, hey, do you remember that staff? He said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, and then, then I said, do you think that was beneficial? Yes, sir. Did you think it was beneficial at the time? No. Can you see now why I did that. Yes, sir. And so that, again, we did it in a, in a loving scenario. Yes, I put them on the spot. Yes, I was asking, I was grilling them, asking them tons of questions just to bring them to that point so that then we could peel back the layers and fix those things. Then on the floor, that doesn't happen. And so, yes, that was maybe a low for that staff member for a week or, or a month or so afterwards. But immediately when that happened, I made sure to step in and say, listen, hey, this is a scenario where that would have happened instead of in front of the staff, would have happened in front of that student. But because we went through that scenario in a staff meeting, you were all the better for it. And then I made sure to connect those points for them. Do you remember that meeting? Were you there for that? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. It was was not such a fun meeting for that for that um, for that drill, but I think it was largely beneficial um, because again, had that happened on the floor in a class or in that private lesson, would have been a much different situation. Yeah, on top of that, in a similar vein, it allows us as head instructors to see how our staff would deal with that on the floor because I can think of scenarios where it's it's surprised me in in the way that either a staff member has no clue and isn't able to come up with a way to deal with the situations um, or the way they come up to deal with the situations is so out of pocket and just unacceptable that I'm glad it happened in that staff meeting because then we could give them the tools or the, the, the ways that we can deal with the situations but also then I could correct that way where it's like hey you cannot 
behave that way in front of students. You cannot act that way uh, with your students and treat them that way. So not only is it beneficial for the, the staff to be able to grow and experience those things, but it gives us a good insight into how our staff is treating our students and how they would deal with those things and whether or not they need extra guidance or whether or not they need correction or uh, whether or not they have a good idea of what's actually happening. So it works on many levels, not only for the instructors, but also for us too, who, who are leading and in charge of those people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So to recap, we talked about today, really staff meetings, and I gave you a little bit of a, of a roadmap, a little bit of an idea insight into what we do for our staff meetings. Hopefully that is beneficial. That's helpful. You can, um, apply some of those things to your staff meetings. Again, if you're not having weekly or at least monthly or quarterly meetings, please implement those. It doesn't take, but you know, maybe 45 minutes, 45 minutes. You have everybody there. You get on track quickly. You go through the list of things that you want to cover. You give them a recap and then that's it. You can go do whatever else you have planned for that night or that day or whatever it is. Um, largely, hugely beneficial to have some sort of a check-in, uh, that maintenance type of period with your staff. Yes, sir. Yeah. And as always with anything that we talk about here, this is not us presenting you what we believe to be the exact right way in every situation for every single person to do, do something. This is what we do and this is what works for us. And this is, uh, you know, what we we've practiced for a long time now and we're open to new ideas or different ideas. And we're not saying that you have to do exactly what we do. You might find something that works better for you. And again, this is just what we do. This is what works for us. Um, we're not trying to say this is the only way it can be done or the best way it can be done. Um, but we want to present these ideas to you and then you can kind of play around with them and find out what works, what works best for you and what works into your schedule and what, what works with your priorities and the way that you teach and interact with people. So I, you know, just want to preface as we always do, we're not saying we're the best at, at doing this and this is the only or uh, perfect way of doing it. It's just, that's what works. And, and you have to put the work in yourself to find out how it can best benefit you. Yes, sir. As always, you can find us online on the socials. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, Instagram, um, in all those places you can find us at MA Teaching Tactics. It's MA for martial arts, teaching tactics. Again, that's MA Teaching Tactics. Until next time, I'm Chris Bean. And I'm Chris Kent.